0: A nurse amputated a dying man's foot for her family's taxidermy shop. 178 Hirokazu Tanaka's set the new namesake gathering world record. And a woman claims her home is haunted by prostitute ghosts who are trying to stir up business. These are the weird stories for Wednesday on Weird AF News. The only daily weird news podcast hosted by a comedian. I'm Jonesy. Thank you. A nurse is accused of amputating a patient's foot without permission. Why? Well, it, it gets a little crazy. Authorities have accused a Wisconsin nurse of intentionally cutting off the foot of a dying patient. Can you imagine that? You're dying at her feet. Please, nurse. I would just like, could you just prepare me a Long Island iced tea? A shot of tequila? I'm, I'm not going to make it. What, what are you doing with that saw? Now listen to why she cut off the dying foot's patient. (laughs) The dying foot's patient. Try again, Jonesy. Listen to why she cut off the dying patient's foot. Well, she wanted to display it in her family's taxidermy shop. (laughs) Yeah, because I know when I go into a taxidermy shop... I'm accustomed to seeing human remains as well as animals, right? I mean, right? You put human parts in a taxidermy shop. Of course, of course. Everyone wants to buy a taxidermied foot or hand. Nurse Mary Brown is 38 years old. Doesn't say how long she's been a nurse, but my guess is long enough for her to fill a corner of her taxidermy spot with various appendages of the people that have died under her care. Uh, let's keep reading though, so it says here, Mary Brown told her coworkers allegedly that she planned to display the severed foot. Oh, you're just telling your coworkers your intentions, your insanity intentions, Mary Brown, that's great. None of the coworkers decided that this is not a good idea and stopped her you didn't You didn't tell the manager, the supervisor, I don't know what they're called at the hospital. So it turns out Mary was bragging about how she was going to take off the foot taxidermy it and display it alongside a sign that read wear your boots, kids. <laughs> okay. It's not even a good joke. <laughs> what the heck? This lady is out of her mind. So now we have some court records, of course, because uh, she's not okay. Uh, she's been charged with physical abuse of an elderly person and mayhem. She's, <laughs> she's been accused of mayhem. That's a very general term. <laughs> what was the mayhem when she... Cut off the foot and ran down the hall with it? That would have caused mayhem, of course. (laughs) I want to know what the mayhem was. Man, is that what they call someone who's uh, illegally taxidermying? No, that's mayhem. According to the arrest affidavit, Brown allegedly admitted to amputating the foot of an unidentified 62-year-old male patient at the Spring Valley Health and Rehab Center in Spring Valley, Wisconsin. The victim was admitted to the facility due to a fall at home and severely frostbitten feet. Mary's like, you're not going to need these feet anyways, Charlie. Workers at the nursing home reportedly described the patient's feet as, quote, black like a mummy. Yeah, frostbitten and... Maybe some gangrene. I don't know how that works, but uh, his feet were probably not going to be recovered. However, that still doesn't give you permission to just chop him off while he's laying in a bed there, I'd imagine. The victim's health continued to deteriorate from the time he was admitted. It said he suffered another fall out of bed, further damaging his right foot, prompting Nurse Brown to seek permission from an administrator regarding its amputation. So she went about asking about amputating. Um, for his health, I guess, but she had ulterior motives with it, it seems like. Says here, Brown had no doctor's order to actually conduct an amputation. She stated that she did not have any authorization to remove the victim's foot. Brown did not have the victim's permission either to amputate the foot. Administrators of the nursing home agreed that it was outside of the scope of Brown's practice to even conduct such a procedure and a doctor's order was necessary prior to any amputation. Yeah, I'd imagine this is not uh, something a nurse would take care of anyways. A doctor would do an amputation? Correct. Still, Brown allegedly forged ahead with her plans to amp- amputate the foot using gauze scissors. Gauze scissors? Aren't those, like, very dull scissors? What? Is she just trying... <laughs> Let's get- uh, c- come on now, Gauze scissors? Well, I mean, they are quiet, and she's trying not to bring attention to herself. She can't exactly break out the buzzsaw, I'd imagine, but, uh, you know, I don't know if this patient could feel his feet at the time, but, man, getting amputated using gauze scissors sounds like a living hell. The media says there was a nurse who witnessed the amputation who claimed that the man did not appear to be in pain during the procedure at all and suffered minimal blood loss. But uh, the nurse also noted that, quote, it was not a very good amputation. (laughs) Yeah, of course, she's she's not a doctor and she's using (laughs) dull gauze scissors. (laughs) The heck, It wasn't a good amputation. Yeah. What did you expect? Now, there is another claim in here. According to the media, another nurse told investigators the patient claimed he actually felt everything and that it hurt quite badly. (laughs) What the hell? (sighs) Following the procedure, Brown allegedly put the foot in a red biohazard bag and placed it in the freezer, only to tell another nurse to retrieve it so she could, quote, take it home to preserve it. The nurse did not comply, and days later, the victim died. The medical examiner reportedly alerted authorities to the man's death after discovering his foot was not attached to his corpse. According to the affidavit, some of the co-workers defended Nurse Brown's decision to amputate, stating that she did not do so out of malice, but rather to provide the patient with dignity and comfort. I mean, the bottom line is the nurse broke protocol, not having permission to do so, no matter how you slice it. Get it? Slice it? 178 Hirakazu Tanaka's have set the new namesake gathering world record. We have a world record on Weird AF News. I've covered many world records. They've all been weird. This is another one. The article begins by saying remembering names at a party is never ever easy. I think there's a trick to that though. You're supposed to repeat their name in your mind and picture them without clothing. Isn't that how you do it? Well, there was a gathering in Tokyo on Saturday. All 178 guests at this gathering were named Hirakazu Tanaka. This must be a common name in Japan, is my guess. It sounds very eloquent to me and uh, out of the ordinary, but maybe this is a very plain name. Hirakazu Tanaka. Well, this broke a Guinness World Record previously held by a Another name. Can you guys guess what that is? I'll give you a few moments. See, I'm doing the Jeopardy theme, kind of. I have to kind of uh, vary from the original Jeopardy theme, so not to be sued for copyright infringement, but you get it. All right, if you said Martha Stewart, you're correct. How many Martha Stewarts gathered, guys? Well, it was 164. So the Hirakazu Tanaka clan beat that easily. Uh, the Hirakazu Tanakas from all walks of life came together in Tokyo for this record attempt, including a three year old toddler, an 80 year old, and even one Tanaka who flew to Japan from Hanoi, Vietnam. Yay! The Tanaka Hirakazu Association organized the successful attempt in Shibuya Ward. While they have their own association, the Tanaka Hirakazu Association. No, I'm going to start a Jonesy association. There's a lot of us out there. Um, Now, they, they set out to overcome the previous record... Set in 2005 by 164 Martha Stewart's who were actually brought together on the set of the television show Martha in New York City by the famous American businesswoman of the same name. Well, yeah, I mean, that's going to be hard to beat because she had like television and her name and she's famous and she could bring all those people together. She probably flew them all out too, you know. So quite a feat to get all these Tanakas together in uh, Tokyo. Very cool. They all wore identical T-shirts emblazoned with their name, of course. The men sat still in a packed theater for five minutes, as per the Guinness rules. Oh, you have to be together for five minutes. <laughs> Why would you only stay for five minutes, though? You're, like, you're with all these these people with the same name, and it's kind of like a big party. You know, I wouldn't leave. So, oh, yeah, yeah. All right, we're here. Okay, and five minutes is up. All right, everybody get out of here. Uh, they had to call in an official from the organization to declare the new record. The, the judge is quoted as saying, congratulations on your achievement. That was the quote of the judge. Yeah, congratulations on your achievement. That's what the judge says. Didn't really embellish on that. Um, this declaration was met by cheers, of course. All of the Hirokazu Tanaka's went bananas. Now, this was a dream come true for one year old Hirokazu Tanaka, the man who brought his namesakes together after years of strenuous efforts and two previous failed attempts. Oh, sounds like this guy's been trying to break the record for years. He said, I never expected we would achieve such a ridiculous record. And he said the Tanaka's had this afternoon set an example of silliness. He's correct. Tanaka's quest for the feat dates all the way back to 1994 when he stumbled upon news about a baseball prodigy also named Hirokazu Tanaka. And he felt, quote, thunderous joy at a name he had previously considered mundane. Well, that's when he went on a mission. He began scouring the nation for his namesakes. He founded the Hirakazu Tanaka campaign, a blossoming network that once even released uh, a joking song celebrating their strange friendship. Now, originally planned for 2020 to coincide with the Tokyo Olympic and Paralympic Games, this world record attempt was, like the Games, postponed due to the coronavirus pandemic. The Tanakas had already failed twice to beat the Martha Stewart's, most recently in 2017 when only 87 showed up. Previous challenges were thwarted by the Association's adherence to a stricter criteria in which all Hirokazu Tanakas had to share the same characters to read their names. I don't know what that's all about. But then a glimmer of hope emerged when the Guinness Foundation clarified that as long as the name is Hirokazu Tanaka, it doesn't matter if the Japanese characters used to write the names are slightly different in each case. Oh, okay, so I guess they're using slightly different characters that say the same name. How confusing to learn Japanese. I can't imagine. Now I'll end this segment with acknowledgement to another Guinness World Record. According to their website, the largest gathering of people with the same first name, first name only, was in 2017 when 2,325 Ivans got together in Bosnia. Ivans. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, they broke the previous record held by 1,096 Mohammeds, which is hard to do. There's a lot of Mohammeds out there, but the Ivans got it right now. A Texas woman claims her home is haunted by prostitute ghosts who are trying to stir up business. Well, it's one thing to claim a house has a ghost in it or a poltergeist. But one woman from Texas claims her home in Gainesville is haunted by multiple paranormal visitors, including hooker ghosts. She was on Fox News, of course. Fox News loves stories like this. Her name is Linda Hill. She details how she came to the determination that her home was infested with some spirits. The spirits of the hookers. It began when she alleges she heard someone say she was, quote, looking good while she was in the shower. Naturally, she thought the culprit may have been her husband, but he was not home at the time. Ooh, spooky. Here's a quote from her. Well, I thought it was my husband. I mean, he he and I were the only ones in the house and sometimes he'll come in the shower and say them sex-ass things to me. Oh, we still got that spark, you know? Hell yeah, we do. Sometimes we will do it on the bathroom floor like in that song, you know. Did it on the bathroom floor. But it was not her randy husband upon realizing that the figure outside of her shower was a specter. They actually used the word specter. She says she had a brief conversation with him before he left, though. I spoke to him, you know, the ghost. He told me I was looking good. I said, well, thank you. Thank you very much. I asked him what he had been doing all that day. We had a conversation, and then he left. <laughs> She's like, yeah, yeah, it's just normal. I asked him what he'd do that day, you know, some ghost things. I asked him if he liked my new toenail color, you know, and then he left. Totally normal. Says here they've been trying to rent out their home referred to as Hill House Manor. Oh, it sounds like the setting of a horror film for sure. Uh, murder on Hill House Manor. None of the tenants last longer than six months, though, according to Hill. All of them reported having run into the same ghosts. And evidently, there are several different types of spirits in the home. Hill says, We got kids, we got old people, we got old guys. And we got them hookers. The hooker ghosts are evidently the most likely to reach out and connect with physical beings, she says. Hill claims that male renters in the house feel hands stroking their arms or touching their shoulders. I guess the best thing about a prostitute ghost is you don't have to pay her. <laughs> wow. That's right. You know, they try to stir up business, but they can't they can't figure out a way to conclude the transaction. So nothing ever happens. Yeah. Yeah. Because what are ghosts going to do with money? Huh? What are they going to do? I can't believe I'm covering this story. I apologize to all the smart people that listen to this show. <laughs> well, Hill recalled that one of the, quote, hooker ghosts followed a man home and spent days at his place before <laughs> before going back to Hill House Manor. Oh Yeah. They came back with the story for you. Well, as you can imagine, Hill can't rent it out. So she turned the home into something of a tourist attraction. It is now a hot spot for paranormal investigators who are trying to get lucky. Hey. Yeah. Paranormal investigators idea of getting lucky is just catching a ghost on camera one time. Just one time would be sweet if they could do it says here, though, with these kinds of spirits, they might get luckier than they thought. Hey, you know, that means scoring with a hooker ghost. <laughs> oh, got to feel good. And of course, the best part about hooking up with a ghost prostitute is you don't have to worry about catching them STDs. Uh, unless the S stands for spooky transmitted disease. <laughs> right. Bad jokes, guys. Bad jokes. That's what I'm here for. I'm in a closet after all. What do you expect? Yay! This is the outro of the podcast, baby. This is the outro of this podcast, baby. Welcome to the outro. It is the outro where we give thanks and praise. I'm going to publish some phone calls after this, by the way. Feel free to call the show. 646-450-2012. You can email me as well. Funnyjones at gmail.com. I got some lovely reviews on Amazon. Love to see it. We got a five-star review from a user called The Average Shopper. And the title is, It's All Subjective. I really enjoy listening to weird AF news while getting ready for work. It's definitely a nice change of pace from depressing mainstream news. Jonesy puts a lot of effort into making these five days a week, even when he's sick. I'm very grateful for this. The value is great considering it's all free i compare this more to a variety show because he gives news sings songs tells jokes and does impressions all to keep things interesting like most things there are negative reviews i would just say that humor is subjective and in my opinion we should all stop taking things and ourselves so seriously thanks and good luck with your life man average shopper i'm so grateful for this review First of all you you've uplifted the podcast with your description. Um, yeah, it's more like a variety show. I've never heard it described that way, but yeah. I try to kind of make it that way, not intentionally, but I just all the things that I like to do because I just get bored. <laughs> it's like a lot of it's out of boredom, you know, when you're doing <laughs> I mean 1500 episodes, man. I gotta sing. I gotta joke. I gotta do voices. It just keeps it interesting for me, and hopefully, also, it makes it more entertaining for you. And not all the jokes land, but you also make a good point in that humor is subjective. It absolutely is. It's like it's like music. I mean, some people don't like certain kinds of music. It just doesn't, uh, you know, it does doesn't resonate with them. Um, And comedy is also like that, which makes it silly that people write reviews like "this is not funny." You know, it's like. It's not funny to you, bro. So maybe if you add, if people could just add to me after their opinions, I mean, we would there'd be fewer fighting going on, I think, on social media, right? Just say to me or in my opinion. Um, okay. We also have another review that's lovely from Kristen. Five stars again. Oh, so grateful for the stars. Uh, Kristen wrote comedy club worthy. Jonesy is awesome. All caps. All caps. Awesome. So I think it's Jonesy is Awesome! Weird AF News is a great ending to my daily news stream. When the mainstream news sucks, Jonesy does not, in all caps, does not suck in a smiley face. That's, a, that's an amazing review as well. Thank you so much, Kristen. Kristen and The Average Shop are really coming through after I got some just horrible reviews on Amazon. It, the last one was so bad, I didn't even want to read it. I'm just like, I'm not reading it. Usually I read the negative reviews. I'm like, I'm not reading this one. <laughs> And long, I mean really long. Who takes that much time? Are you okay? Oh, something wrong with you, really. All right, well, anyway, stick around for the calls if you'd like to. If you want to support the show, go to weirdafnews.com where you can buy Jonesy a coffee or join the Patreon by clicking on the banner, which is also a link.
1: All right, y'all, take care. Hey, Jonesy, it's Michael calling from Iowa City. Uh, you know, I worked as a laboratory scientist for... 26 years, and before that, I was a pharmacy tech for three. So I've got scientific knowledge. So uh, as far as your miners trapped in the cave, they were keeping themselves close together for body heat, and they built a tent out of plastic to keep the, the heat in from the fire that they built. You didn't know why they needed a tent, because underground in the cave, Uh, they are consistently between 52 to 56 degrees. So even if you just go down 10 to 20 feet underground, you'll find a consistent temperature of 52 to 56 degrees. Um, So they were down underground. They probably had timbers to shore up the cave. They were probably burning wood um, from down there, collecting the water that would be collecting on the ceiling of the, the cave that have water that leaks into the cave, and so they were collecting that to make their, their coffee. And coffee has absolutely no nutritional value whatsoever. A cup of coffee contains two calories. That is from minuscule amounts of protein and some um oil and resins that are in it, but that's not gonna do anything to keep you alive. Uh, two calories is, is nothing. But they were staying alive because they were getting hydrated from the water. Uh, if you take a person starving to death in the hospital that's taken off of food, they'll generally be dead in two to three days once they're off of food and water. But uh, people can live one to two months on a starvation diet. Uh, if you take someone off of food like who's ill in the hospital, they'll be dead two to three days. Most people will die after a week. Some will people will live... Um, uh, 10 days if they're taking off food, but it's, uh, um, unusual for people to live more than one month, but some live as long as two. As far as water, um, most people will die within three days. Depends on the conditions. If you're in the Bonneville salt flats or out in, you know, uh, Death Valley and out in the hot sun, you'll, you can be dead in as little as a day or two, but. You know, without water, a typical person will be dead in three days, uh, most by seven, and, you know, many, uh most will be dead by seven days, but some people will live as long as 10 days to two weeks maximum. Anyhow, that's the deal with that. These people were staying alive drinking coffee because of the water they were getting, not because of any nutritional value. So, sorry to burst your there. And they were staying uh, warm because of the heat. Uh the- it's funny. Um, So just checking, just checking besides Wicked Frogs. Um, if you've seen the CNN news, thing about BTS doing the military leave, which I honestly don't give two Fs about. I hate BTS. My child likes them. But I started laughing because I'm looking at the group, and I'm like, that's a totally different K-pop group there. And it kind of caught me off guard. My daughter's like, tell Chelsea. And I'm like, eh, it's beat. This is better than making dinner. I'll do it. This is better than making dinner. So yeah. Can't stop, won't stop, we're a news record. Um, go beyond plus ultra and Stan luna.